we continue in our worship today, um, we have the uh, wonderful privilege to hear of what God is doing in the lives of some of our harvesters, not only in their lives, but in the world as well. And so we're going to hear from a couple uh, brothers today. We're going to hear uh, first from James Ye, uh, family man, owner of uh, Wings of Winter Garden, husband to Casey, father to Timothy and Jonathan. He's going to share about his... Uh, time that was spent in, in Ecuador and the things that the Lord God did in his life. And then after that, uh, we're going to hear from Alex Pack, who uh, went on a retreat um, in Virginia, a conference called Harvest, and um, just was really touched by God in, in a personal and special way and wants to testify to the goodness of God in his life as well. He's going to be a sophomore. He is a sophomore in college as well. So we'll hear first from James and then from Alex. So let's welcome James as he comes up to share. This week, and so I'm kind of tilting to one side, so sorry. Um, um, my name is James, and um, I was part of a team, uh, our mission team that went down to Ecuador. And um, I wanted to just share uh, some things that God was uh, teaching me uh, and showing me. Um, but to uh, write this testimony was very difficult. Um, many of you know that. Um, in early July, and then I had uh, the Ecuador mission trip, and then um, we had our youth retreat, um, which was uh, my son Timothy's first, and so uh, uh, it was a time of um, a lot of encouragement from God, uh, God uh, showing a lot of truth in my life, um, challenging me in many ways, um, giving me peace, uh, and most importantly, joy. And to write down all these things, I think, would have taken uh, many, many pages. Um, I'm only going to give two points. <laughs> so um, if I could just share these two things. Um, the first thing that God, I think, really impressed upon me was the fact that God is in control. Um, there were many instances of this in Ecuador. Um, Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so on our first night in Lumbaki, which is the city that, you know, the small town that we go to, um, you know, we were asked to give a special service. Um, you know, a lot of our members have mentioned before, I think Pastor Diel spoke, that a member of that church had passed away. Um, and so uh, they asked Pastor Diel to uh, give word and, and to have a special service. And Pastor Diel asked me to share my testimony. And I think um, in, in preparation for Ecuador, I purposely did not mention passing of my brother in my testimony. Um, uh, there were many reasons why I didn't do that. But, you know, when, when this came up and Pastor DL spoke uh, to me to give my testimony, um, I felt like this was in some way God um, using our family's loss and sadness uh, for good. And I, I really truly um, felt that God was in control of that particular situation and even how I was able to share my testimony and encourage the people there uh, in Lambaki. Um, there were many other instances also, um, not just in circumstances, but in, in nature. Uh, you know that um, unlike here in the United States, if it rains too much or something goes wrong, then 
you know, you don't move around. And so uh, it was very important for us that the rains stopped for us to cross over to Denangwe, which is the village. And um, on the second day, we were able to do that. And um, we were able to go and, and work there uh, and then come back across the river safely and go to worship. And, you know, it, it may not seem like a big deal to, uh, to us here hearing that, but, uh, you know, during training, as we were preparing to go to Ecuador, uh, the missionary pretty much said that uh, you need to be flexible. There are no time schedules in Ecuador. Sometimes you're able to cross the river. Sometimes you are not. Um, sometimes you're able to go worship somewhere. Sometimes you are not. But um, for us, um, we were able to give uh, 100% of our energy and strength in the morning to help uh, in Sinangwe because the river was low. And then we were able to come across the river. And then we were able to go and worship at churches. So from morning to night, our schedule was filled excuse me, filled to the way that we had planned. And, um, you know, that was more evidence of God being in control of our situation there in Ecuador. And then the other thing um, that really uh, touched me was that um, uh, there was a lady from our Korean congregation, Miss Lee, uh, Mrs. Lee, and um, her special gift is to cut hair and to dye hair. And um, it, it was really a tremendous blessing to see her work. Um, you know, um, she pretty much set up her equipment. I mean, it's, you know, she had uh, more equipment than all of us. Uh, she had uh, chargers, hair cutting equipment, dyeing equipment, you know, all these things that she needed to lug around. And uh, she carried these around with joy in her heart. And uh, she would start cutting hair as soon as we got to a particular church or an area. And sometimes she wouldn't eat, you know, she wouldn't drink. Um, and you never heard anything complaint, not one complaint from her. The only complaint that we ever heard was that, um, that we couldn't provide enough light for her during the evening uh, to cut more hair. Um, and so she was like, I need more light. I need more light. And so, um, you know, we tried to do the best that we could. But um, she just poured herself out um, to give herself everything that she could. And I think it was also evident in our group that, um, you know, during our skits and our testimonies, um, you know, a lot of you guys heard about the the mound of bricks, the thousand bricks, literally it was a thousand bricks, and um, how, um, you know, we were able to move those things across the river. And I think God was in control of our circumstances. God was in control of nature. But more importantly, I think God was in control of our emotions and our motivations. And I think um, even that comes from God. And it gave us the ability to um, go and, and, and serve God in that way. And without that, I think none of us could have fulfilled uh, all the things that we did. And so um, that leads me to the second thing that I want to share with you. And um, I got here in my notes as the chariots of fire moment. And I know that a lot of you guys know that movie, right? And there's that one part where uh, there's missionary. He's a character in the movie, and he goes um, with his sister up to this uh, mountainside. It's kind of windy. You kind of have to visualize it. But he goes, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And, you know, that is just like a very, you know, big moment in the movie. And there's actually, before that, there's another part in the movie where he's uh, in a race, uh, like in the mountain somewhere. And um, as they start out, somebody knocks him down to the ground. And um, you see the other, ru others, other runners running off. And uh, instead of giving up, he like pounds the ground with his fist, gets up, and he runs the race. And he... Um, he finishes, and uh, you know he never gives up. And so, um, 
the reason why I, I share that uh, is because um, uh, before uh, heading down to Ecuador, um, as I was saying goodbye to my mother, uh, she began to cry. And um, she was... Uh, um, she was wondering if there was some way that um, she could ask me um, uh, not to go to Ecuador. Um, I think the circumstances were similar to um, my brother um, and his passing. And even though she gave me um, her blessing to go earlier, as the day arrived to go, I think she was... Um, feeling uh, more and more nervous. And, um, and and she wanted me to stay. And, um, and so um, she stood there crying, um, wanting me to not go, but knowing in her heart that she couldn't ask that of me. And so um, as I was leaving for Ecuador, that, that weighed very heavy on my heart. And, um, and I was able to, uh, in, uh, to call her every day to comfort her uh, uh, by cell phone. Um, I called her on Monday to wish her a happy birthday and, um, and to let her know that everything was okay, that we're eating well, that um, our drive wasn't too bad. And uh, she seemed very grateful and thankful for the fact that I was able to call her. And um, it kind of reassured her that, again, God was in control. And it, it allowed me to uh, be more at ease, ease and at peace know that God was in control, and this leads me to that, to the reason um, I call this my <laughs> chariots of fire moment. Um, this relief and sense of joy turned into something far greater, and uh, if I can just share this uh, scene with you, we had, on Wednesday, we had just moved 500 bricks up to the top of the village, and uh, we had about another 200 yards to go off a slight incline to the final trip, which is up to the church, and you know, we were just totally exhausted. I mean, uh, we had guys, you know, some of us were about to pass out. Uh, I was cramping up, and I just wanted to quit. I, I didn't want to go on anymore. Um, but uh, as, I, as I took one of my first sets of bricks up to the top of the church, on my way down, this is the scene there at Senangue. There are, are um, uh, some members of our team cutting hair and dyeing hair on one side. Uh, Pastor DL and another group is uh, leading VBS, and this year the children were uh, so more uh, inviting and, you know, laughing and giggling and just really having a good time. They were so engaged, and then there were, uh, you know, pastors from Ecuador, and there were children from the village, you know, with orange hair because we had just dyed their hair, and they're helping us carry, you know, blocks, and I'm, I'm, when I mean children, I'm talking about probably four or five-year-old guys. I mean, the bricks for the size of them. But, you know, there they are. Uh, they're villagers coming from Sinangwe. They're carrying up bricks, and we're all carrying these bricks up, and all these things are going around us. And um, with every trip, you know, going up and down that hill, you know, I just had tears of joy coming down my uh, cheek. And um, the reason why I say that is because I really felt like uh, I truly felt God's pleasure uh, at that moment as, we were, as all these things were going on. Um, not just with our team, but with everybody there, the villagers, uh, the pastors from Ecuador, uh, the children, everybody was involved doing God's work. And I feel like, you know, that 
that that joy and the pleasure that we felt was um, that I'll never forget. And if I could rewrite that line in that movie, I would I would write it this way. I would say, uh, I believe God made us for a purpose, and He gave us some great people to run the race. And when we run the race together, we feel His pleasure. And and the verse that I want to share. Um, in closing, it comes from Philippians 1.20. And it says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Um, I think this mission trip was not only for the people of Ecuador, but I think it was for me, um, for a lot of selfish reasons, a very... Uh, a great trip for me. It, it was a, uh, a time of healing. Um, it, was a, it was filled with uh, laughter, joy. Uh, it was a reaffirmation of God's uh, control in my life and a feeling of his pleasure. Um, and to reunite with the people of Ecuador, it was something that was um, very good for me. And... Um, I wanted to thank all of you for all your prayers, your support, not only uh, during this mission trip, but, you know, um, in, in light of my brother's death, all your prayers and support and um, all the things that you've done for me. Uh, I truly am grateful, and um, I am truly honored and, and a joy uh, to be running this race together with you. Thank you. Alex Pack. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who uh, prayed for me and prayed for me and uh, the rest of the people that went to Virginia. Um, this past summer, it's, it was, I just had so many blessings in my life. Like during my first testimony back in June or July, I was going to the youth retreat and attending church activities or events. And uh, this, uh, I, get, I can say I'm positive that uh, this uh, past Virginia retreat was the most blessed one. Yeah. All in all, it was a very, very, very good time. So uh, here's my retreat. I mean, here's my testimony. All right. Okay. Um, during the middle of my summer, I realized something. I realized that my relationship with, with Christ was pretty dry and wasn't going anywhere. You know, I remember a couple days after I shared my Harvest 101 testimony back in June, and I asked myself the question, all right, Alex, what are you going to do now? Uh, sure, I was attending church church on a weekly basis. You know, I surrounded myself with fellow Christians um, and uh, prayed daily. But I soon came face to face with the reality that my relationship with God was stagnant. I just learned that word today, stagnant. And, uh, and, and I wasn't growing, you know. I told myself, all right, Alex, you're not contributing to your walk with Christ and you're making no impact on it. Um, sooner or later, you're going to lose that relationship with Christ, you know. But uh I was starting, like my, like the person I am, I started to panic, and I was just like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But uh, one night, uh, I was bowling horribly with a bunch of the people in my soul church, and one of my guys told me, hey, you should, there's this Virginia, there's this retreat up in Virginia for leaders, and I was just like, light bulb, boom, came up into my head, and I was just like, all right, 
I immediately thought, felt that God was t- telling me to go to this. And I immediately told myself, all right, I have to go, you have to go to this South. God is calling you to go to this. And I didn't know that at the time, but this retreat would turn out to be one of the biggest spiritual battles of my life. You know, uh, before the retreat, I prayed a couple times about it, had conversations with God during the rides, car, during my car rides, and kept telling myself, I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to get something out of this retreat. And uh, that's actually, the weird thing is that's actually the most I've ever prepared myself. Actually, that's the first time I've ever prepared myself for anything. The, yeah. But uh, my expectations uh, were still pretty high. The seven other attendees and I began to drive out to Virginia. Uh, six others would later join us. And, um, I was stoked. I, was, I had cell church that night. I was like, on, I was like all right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, uh, after, but uh, yeah, I was even more stoked in the car ride. Uh, I think I got like eight hours. I didn't, I didn't sleep for eight hours straight. It was like from one to nine. And uh, I, but, uh, I had a like, conversation with uh, Hong Sin about why we were going to this region. And it just got me even more stoked. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. And then, but the thing was, uh, I fell asleep and then I kind of, fell asleep. A couple hours later, I woke up and I felt as though something was telling me that I wasn't going to get anything lasting out of this retreat. That I, it's just going to be another emotional roller coaster. And I'll be back to my old ways once I return home. And yeah, once I hit that retreat center, my heart felt really heavy. I was just, things were just going in my head. I felt as though there were these two things blocking my, blocking my heart from, something was blocking my heart from God. To be completely honest, I got nothing out of the first day and a half of the retreat. You know, I was distracted. I was distracted by my past sins, my insecurities, and my self-pity. Uh, there were, uh, that, and those things were just, that have, have been haunting me throughout the rest, throughout my whole life. And um, it eventually led up to, there, there are times of, during worship where, you know, I open my eyes, and I watch other members of my church worshiping, giving it all. And I, well, as I watched, my, watched them, my insecurity came up, and I compared myself to them. I kept thinking to myself, I'm a horrible Christian. I've done things that, I could, that could never be forgiven. My insecurities and self-hatred that I thought had faded away long ago came flooding back, and much worse than before. Um, it didn't, that first day, I really didn't get anything out of it. It's, my worship was, I was just, my heart wasn't connecting with God. Something was blocking it. I couldn't get anything out of the sermon. Um, I couldn't pray at all, and I just felt I just felt just useless at that first day of the retreat. And things got even worse on the second day when our group from Florida gathered and discussed the blessings and experiences that uh, we were all having so far. As I heard these stories of these, these, these miracles and blessings and experiences, I could feel anger, envy burning in my heart. Afterwards, I after that meeting, I left the room, walking around the campus. I managed to talk to someone, but um, I appreciate what he did, but I felt as though that my heart was still heavy. And, um, I just kept walking around that campus, depressed, wanting to leave that campus. And, um, you know, afterwards, I went into my room, and I really that was, was going to be, I was pretty much like, all right, I've got to try this. I prayed. I prayed as hard as I could, but I, I prayed as hard as I could, but the same distractions were bothering me. You know, I felt as though I was going to pass out. And I just wanted to leave the campus. And um, thankfully, my friend Kenneth Cook came into the room and saw that I, I was disturbed and in trouble. And um, ever since I was young, I've been carrying around a burden. Um, ever since I was such a young, five or six, I came in. I, I had that. I carried around a burden that I had secretly kept to myself. 
This particular burden helped create the insecurities, the self-pity, the depression, anger, every other negative emotion I have came mostly from this burden. And I had that, I had, and then this, these are the things that I've been dealing with the majority of my life. And um, that's, I had no, I, had, I was desperate. I didn't, I pretty much had nothing to lose. And I told Kenneth about this particular burden I've been carrying on my back on my own. You know, after we prayed, I felt as though, after me and him discussed and prayed, I felt as though a heavy weight had been lifted off my shoulder. And that came, I came back to the real, the world came, I mean, God opened my eyes again and re- reminded me that, that, that I can't live this life alone by myself. I can't walk this world. I need to really go out into this world with people, surrounding myself with Christians, sharing my burdens, my, my life, my, my happiness to them. And that's what I forgot all about at this retreat. And, um, um, I, and, um, th- and then after that experience, uh, I was encouraged and I brought, got myself the courage. I mean, I brought myself the courage to talk to people, talk to my fellow brothers in Christ. I managed to talk to some of my brother, brothers in Christ, my pastors and two wise women, and managed to tell them about the hardships I was facing. While doing this, I was reminded that I am not alone in this walk with Christ. Eventually, through the help of my friends, my pastors, and my counselors, I confessed to God not only that particular sin, but many of the sins I've, been, I've dealt with throughout my life. I finally declared in Christ that all these burdens, these insecurities, these self-pity, the self-pity that I've been just hating myself on, and the depression, the anger, the, all these this annoying negative emotions, I declared to Christ that these no longer enslave my heart. And the result of my of the result of was that the result was that my heart was excited for God more than I've ever been. I could really feel God working in me. My heart was released and free of all those sins and burdens, and was ready to be filled with God's blessings and love. I felt God speaking through my sermons, my worship, and my God, my prayers. I really felt as though God was just speaking through the path, each the rest of the pastors throughout that retreat, just telling me, giving me guidelines through life. It's, it's kind of like a cheat sheet, sort of, but not really, but. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And um, I felt as though God was really speaking through me through all these 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 events. And and the coolest thing I think I think the coolest thing I realized from this retreat was how much of a huge threat I am to Satan. How he's been holding me back from fulfilling God's plan for me all this time by using thoughts using thoughts of feeling useless and self pity. And me and my friends were talking about it, and we discussed how. Satan isn't distracting you or tempting you. That's when you should start worrying, you know. And um, and because, yeah. And then now that I've gotten rid of the, ridden of those thoughts, my confidence and excitement in God's plan is enormous. Lastly, I was reminded of how I have brothers and sisters of Christ, especially my soul church, and how they're they're not to judge me, to help me walk, help. Help me with my walk with Christ. And that brought me back to the, th- throughout this, I was back to, reminded of memories of where I was parent. I was at my lowest of my lows. The, the minutes before I was driving up to South Church, I was paranoid. And then I, when I, when I was reminded of just the first, the kindness and the, the feeling of welcomeness that these guys gave to my heart. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just really appreci- appreciate everything they've done for me. Anyways, um, coming back to this from this retreat, I already feel God working through me. I want to fill my heart with God's love by reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, serving in this church, and any other way I can glorify God. 
And a verse that has stuck with me from the retreat has been Isaiah. This is, I feel like is a, this is one of this, this verse just hit me so hard. It's Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. It's true. I'm ready to let go all the burdens, pain, and suffering I've dealt with in the past. And I'm ready to let God do fantastic things in my life. I'm ready to say yes to everything he says. I truly believe that he's going to rain down blessings into my into the desert of my life. I'm ready to start a new chapter in my life and committed to living this life entirely for Christ, knowing that I have God and other sisters and brothers of Christ by my side. And I thank you for all the, again for all the prayers and the thoughts that you guys had for me. And yeah, Woo. thanks. Yeah.